share with you the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, a man who has been greatly misunderstood. But thanks to Almighty God Allah, today we are gaining more and more understanding of this great man. Who he is, we shall not argue. But what he permits and the God who raised him up permits us to do will bear witness to who he is. Today, as we look at a nation struggling to conceal the truth, to save a president from embarrassment, It was interesting for me to hear the president call what he did a mistake. He regrets the controversy. He does not regret the act. He regrets that it caused so much consternation in the American people but that regret is that the truth got out and I am saying to you beloved brothers and sisters and to the American people if you really knew the truth you would throw the whole government out if you really knew the truth revolution would start tonight if you really knew the truth you would take Reagan and Schultz and Meese and the whole gang and put them in chains and put them on the back of pickup trucks and run them through the cities and towns and have the people hurled eggs and oranges and whatever at them. They have deceived the American people. And they are not the only ones. Every president that has sat in that seat has lied to the American people. And so as the American people, particularly black people, become aware of the deceit of the arch deceivers of the world then people will fall away from them and as the scripture says that day cannot come except there be a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed it was not a mistake the honorable elijah muhammad said to me that a mistake is an unintentional departure from that which is correct but when you intend to do wrong and then do wrong don't call it a mistake that is an error and it is one of several errors in judgment that is being made by government 
and the weight of judgment now is on America and on the government for the errors that she has made. Starting with the bringing of our fathers into this country. That was a serious error, not a mistake. Killing off the Indians and taking their land, that was not a mistake, that was an error. And every deceitful, murderous act from that day on built a record for you. And what will make you know what your record is? Your record is a book, and a book that does not speak against you with lies, it speaks against you with truth. So as this world is beginning to unravel, we are watching it. We are looking at it. I would like to read to you from the 18th chapter of the Quran, a chapter entitled The Cave. And in section number five of the Muhammad Ali translation of the Quran, there is a parable. And that parable reads, and set forth to them the parable of two men. For one of them we made two gardens of grapevines and we surrounded them with date palms and between them we made cornfields. Both these gardens yielded their fruits and failed not in anything thereof. And we caused a river to gush forth in their midst and he had fruit this is a parable I want you to think of this picture that God is painting set forth a parable of two men and for one of the men God gave him two gardens of grapevines and surrounded those grapevines with date palms and between the two gardens corn fields. Both these gardens yielded fruit and failed not in anything thereof. And then he caused a river to gush forth in their midst. Now that means that water will certainly make that garden ever and ever abundant and luxurious. But when he got fruit, he said to his companion while he argued with him, I have greater wealth than you and I am mightier in followers. Listen to his words. I have greater wealth than you, and I am mightier in followers. And he went into his garden while he was unjust to himself, and he said, I think not that this will ever perish. And I think not the hour will come. And even if I am returned to my Lord, I will certainly find 
a returning place better than this. Now that's really something. But his companion said to him, while arguing with him, Disbelievest thou in him who created thee of dust, then of a small life germ, then he made you a perfect man? But as for me, he, Allah, is my Lord, and I associate nothing with my Lord. And wherefore didst thou not say, when you entered your garden, it is as Allah has pleased. There is no power save in Allah. If thou consider me as less than thee in wealth and children, then maybe my Lord will give me better than your garden and will send on your garden a reckoning from heaven so that it is dust without plant or its water will sink down into the ground so that thou art unable to find it. And his fruit was destroyed. So he began to wring his hands for what he had spent on it while it lay waste, its roots fallen down. And he said, ah me, would that I had ascribed no partners to my Lord. And he had no host to help him against Allah, nor could he defend himself. Thus protection is only Allah's the true one. He is best to reward, and he is best in requiting evil. That's a parable. So many times in life, you see wicked people seeming to have every advantage. They have more money. They seem to have power to do evil and continue to do it. And those who appear to love God most and seek to be dutiful to God, sometimes they're not able to make their ends meet. Sometimes they wonder to themselves is God just why would he give so much to others and so little to we who seek to serve him is a parable but look at how God tries the hearts of men and women. Are you all right? Because one is given apparent abundance does not necessarily mean one is in the favor of God. And because one is straightened in his ability to sustain himself or herself does not mean you are in disfavor with God. But both circumstances are trials from God to manifest what kind of character we're dealing with here. Here was a man given so much 
And he was given so much, he began to boast. I am greater in wealth and in followers than you. So what? Does that make you better in the sight of God? Some of you think so. You think that when the place is filled and overflowing and tens of hundreds of thousands of followers, that means you are all right. And someone over here may only have a few. And you say, he's all wrong. What's the proof? Look at the people. As the old song goes, it ain't necessarily so. You gotta look beyond the illusion to find the reality. Listen, beloved brothers and sisters. Here's a man that Satan has entered into him. For the more he is given, he begins to feel he's given that because he's special. He's better. So his words, I have greater wealth than you and am mightier in followers, ties in with the statement of Iblis or Satan when Iblis is asked to bow down to this man that God made from dust. He said, what hindered you, God talking to Satan, that you did not bow down? He said, I am better than he is. I am better. Well, when a man says, I am greater wealth than you, and I am mightier in followers, he's actually saying, I'm better. And he went into his garden while he was unjust to himself. And he thought that this would never perish. Hmm? But there was an argument going on and his companion, though God never gave him that kind of garden at all. In fact, it doesn't say that God gave him anything. Because it said that the, even though there were two men, one man had two gardens. So if there was only two gardens with a cornfield in between and date palms on the outside of the garden, the other man, it doesn't say that he had anything. He had just a few followers. But look at how he argues with his companion who has all of this wealth. He said, disbelievest thou in him? who created you from dust? Then of a small life germ and made you perfect? You don't remember how you began from dust? You don't remember that you were just a tiny life germ, a sperm, and you have evolved to be a perfect man? And now you disbelieve in the originator of what you are enjoying? Don't you realize he can return you to dust? 
He said, well, as for me, Allah is my Lord. Now look at his declaration of faith. He don't have nothing. He can't make ends meet. But he declares, Allah is my Lord. The Quran says, Allah straightens the means of subsistence for whom he pleases. And he amplifies it for whom he pleases. He can make you wealthy, it is easy for him. And he can straighten the means of subsistence for you where you can hardly make it from one day to another. It is easy for Allah to do this. But when he does this, how do we react? This faithful servant says, Allah is my Lord and I'm not associating any with my Lord. I may be poor, but I'm not going to bow down to the loan shop and make him a God beside Allah simply because he says he can give me the money that I need but at an exorbitant, usurious rate. Away with the loan shop. Away with the dope dealer who will tell you maybe if you sell this, you can get that. Away with those who offer you money to sell your soul. Away with them, sisters, who offer you money to compromise virtue and principle. Away with them. You should say, like that man here, Allah is my Lord. He is the one who evolved me from a life germ in the womb of my mother. When no power was present and my mother did not know she was pregnant, a powerful God said be. And I evolved in the darkness of my mother's womb. She didn't form me, he formed me in the womb. And he brought me out at the appointed time. And it was he who put milk in my mother's breast for me. It was he who arranged the earth in this marvelous arrangement that I could go to the earth and nurture myself that I may evolve to a perfected man physically. So I'm gonna put my trust in him that if he could do all that for me, I know that my rent will be paid. I'm not going to lay down and wait on a mystery God to come and drop down bread on me. I'm going to work. But my rent will be paid. My mortgage will be paid. My condition will be better. How do you know? Because God will make it better if I'm in harmony with him and go to work. But what is this leading to? What is this talking about? Today, we look at black people. They're like the man in the parable who has nothing. And the other man that we're arguing with is Reagan as a representative of a very rich and powerful nation of people. I'm more powerful. You do what I say. You know who I am. I'm the white man. 
Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Nigga, bow down. He forgot where he came from. So his companion that's arguing with him say, hey, hey buddy, do you disbelieve in Allah who created you from dust, then of a small life germ and rose you to this great position of power? And now you flaunt your power in the earth? as though you don't have a sovereign that you have to uh, pay respect and honor to. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was raised up among us to remind the white man of the humility that he should have for he began as a dweller in a cave. I'm not saying this, my Caucasian listener, to smack at you, but I'm only a reminder that as you were found in the caves of Europe after your troublemaking in the Holy Land and being driven out across the hot burning sands into the hills and cave sides of Europe many of your fathers lost their lives in the desert so every fraternal order in the west Greek order fraternity masonry shriners elks and whatnot you all have to cross over some burning sands to remind you of where you came from where no where, not where you came from where God brought you from because if it was left for you to come you never would have arrived the condition that you were in was so pitiful that the Bible said you were not even worthy to sit with the dogs of the flock of the righteous think over the book now See, this is for arrogant people who think themselves self-sufficient. This is for uppity people who don't recognize that their origin is from dust. This is from proud, powerful men and women in government who can say yay or nay and the poor die. But there is a power that has power over the powerful. And he sets forth to them a parable. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So we, in the spirit of a reminder, say to the Caucasians of America and the world, you did well to hide your history. But God has revealed it. So that we can know from whence you came. You didn't fall out of heaven with atomic energy. You didn't fall out of heaven as an astronaut that lost your ship. You just a humble earth dweller that created nothing. 
<laughs> While you yourself were not created, but made of the essence of that which is created. This is to humble you and make you to know that a powerful God and a powerful wisdom is now coming in to break up your wisdom and to make the wisdom of this world foolishness with God. So that you who marvel in the wisdom of the Caucasian people, you can stop it now. Because they were only given. They were only given one book of mathematics. Only one. A primer. <laughs> and without mathematics, you can't build civilization. So if a man give you one book and there's 59,999 more, then no wonder you have death mixed with life in your science and technology. You just a child. I cannot worship you in your youthfulness because you refuse to submit to God who could grow you into a perfect knowledge of the things that you are seeking. But because you rebel against God, he cannot give you a perfect perception of reality, therefore you make mistakes. Serious errors. You are not mistake today, you just one big error. And sometimes an error creates such a problem you can't fix it, you just have to erase it. So God has come with the angels and a big eraser to erase the board of the problem and begin again. And that's why Jesus is called the second Adam because God is going to wipe it all out and begin again. And it depends on how we act, whether we are a part of the beginning or a part of the end. For all in Adam die. In the Quran, it asks the question, how long did they remain or tarry in the caves? For they did not know. And because they did not know how long they were in the cave, they said Allah knew. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, an unlearned man from among the despised and rejected and unlettered and unlearned black people of America stood up and said you remained in the caves 2,000 years. That was a punishment put on the Caucasian people from God for troublemaking among the righteous. They were deprived of right guidance. They were deprived of everything except the language and then they lost the language of the holy people. I can understand why the Jews want to get back to Palestine. They are like the moon that got split off from this part and lost her water to this part and is always trying to get back what she lost. 
So the Jews are always trying to go back to where they came from. So uh, Jesus, in meeting with Nicodemus at night, told Nicodemus, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again. How can I, a full-grown man, enter back into my mother's womb for the second time? Jesus gave him a real shady kind of answer. So he would hear and not even understand where the, the wind bloweth from where it listeth not. So Nicodemus went away at night just as dumb as when he came. Entering back into your mother's womb means returning to the source of your origin, which is God, and being made over again. You cannot, black people, see the new world as you are. You have been made by the old world, shaped in sin and iniquity. You cannot be a part of that which God makes new unless you are willing to undergo a process which is called being rebirthed. And it is a painful process because you're grown now and hardened in the way of evil. And this is why Jesus said, except you become as a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven because you now need to be taught all over again. Because all that you have taught is unfit for the kingdom. Yeah. So this Caucasian that is now going into outer space. Discovering the depths of the ocean. Looking into the life germ and discovering its secret. And trying to alter the characteristics in the nature of human beings. This same man just a few thousand years ago was on his all fours in the hills and cave sides of Europe. So teaches the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Holy Quran bears him witness. He was in the caves, didn't know how to bury his dead, didn't know how to cook food. This is the truth. In a movie that they made called Quest for Fire. They began to tell something of their origin. But if you don't know the truth, you will see it and miss it. He was telling you he had no language. He was grunting. That's where Tarzan came from. Yeah, it's true. The Caucasian was in that shape. Some of them grew little tails. This is true. And some of them today are born with little tails. I'm not telling a tale. I'm just telling the truth. is not wisdom given to us that we make mockery of a people who are sitting on top of the world 
but it is given to you because you now are in a similar condition that they were in 4,000 years ago, only you're not in a physical cave, you're in a spiritual cave, and some of your homes look just like a cave. You hear me, uh, black brothers and sisters? So this is not given to give you something to make mockery of other people, but it is given to give you hope that if the white man could be in that condition and become the ruler of the entire planet, then there's hope for you if God say he will take the despised and the rejected and the bottom rail and bring it to the top. Then don't doubt that he can do it. If he did it for those yesterday, he can do it for you today. Dear beloved brothers and sisters, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that God commissioned Musa or Moses to go into the hills and cave sides of Europe to civilize the cave dwellers and get them on the road to conquest. This is why Moses is their great, great prophet. They love Moses, but not enough to follow him. They followed Moses just to get out of the condition of the caves. But after they were out, they went right on back to their evil doom. Because that was more compatible to their nature than the righteousness of the law that he had given them. Brothers and sisters, this is just plain truth. Again, the Quran is a witness. He finally, in the caves, made friends with the dogs. And that is why today he tells you that the dog is man's best friend. How could a dog be my best friend and it barks and I talk? Dog don't understand my pain. Only another human can understand my pain and comfort me. How could a dog be my best friend? unless I were a dog. Then as a dog, my best friend would be like myself, another dog. I wonder, is that what they're saying? If that's what you're saying, maybe that is right. That is correct. Because Moses tried to straighten the Caucasian up from walking on his all fours. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said to us that Moses had to put a board in his back and he made a corset for him. That's where you got it from, sisters. Because he was fat and sloppy and out of shape, particularly around in here because he was walking on his all fours. Developed longer torso, longer arms, shorter legs, hair all over his body like the lower animals. This comes from living in caves. 2,000 years in darkness where their cave faced north. So the sun rose in the east and set in the west. They never saw it. Never got no light. In their cave, 
And the more they were in the cave, going further and further back, hair grew and grew over them till they looked akin to the animals. They did not speak a language. They grunted and the animal barked. So one grunted, and the other barked. He thought that was kin. So he made a friend with the dog. So the Quran says, Some say they were three, and the fourth of them, their dog. Three in a cave. Some say five, the sixth of them, their dog. Making conjectures about the unseen. Others say seven, and the eighth of them, their dog. Say, my Lord knows best their number. But the dog was always present. And today, in practically every home, there's a dog. And the dog gets more justice in America than the poor and the black, particularly the black. They'll stop on a highway and pick up a dog and run you over. They'll sit the dog down at their table and the dog will eat with them and lap out of their plate and then lick their face. But they will not sit in a restaurant and want you to live next door to them, but a dog can live with them. You think about that. Moses had a hard time with these people. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said Musa was a half original man, meaning he was part of both people, the black and the Caucasian. And where did he mix with the Caucasians? If they was in the caves of Europe. See, when we drove them out, we drove out all that we could find. There were some that were hidden and they grew up in the holy way of the holy people. And the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they began race mixing in the holy land. A half original man, Musa, he had to look something like them in order to attract them. He had to stay in a ring of fire because the only thing they feared was fire. Like the rest of the animals, you have to keep fire around you when you're dealing with savages. Because a savage don't know nothing about love. He just know it burns when you get in fire. <laughs> Poor Moses. But he did the job. He got them up. He had a hard task, but he got them up. He gave them a law that evolved them and made them to appear like the righteous so that they could go among the righteous and deceive them. And that they have done. Now why are you telling us this? There's so much more to it, but time won't permit us to take everything in detail. The rest of it you can get in the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's writings and message to the black man in America and some of his other writings.
but let it be sufficient to say that the Bible teaches us in Deuteronomy that we should look for a man like Moses. The Holy Quran tells us the same thing, that the last man would be a man like Moses. He would do a work like Moses did. Yet in the Bible and in the Quran, you have a picture of a Moses going to Pharaoh, telling Pharaoh to let the people go. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said Moses lived 120 years. So he did a work in the West, in the caves, and he did a work in the East, or he said he could have. But, look at it, beloved. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says that was a prototype or an antitypical picture of something that would come up in the last days of their world. All right. Now then, if we are to look for a man like Moses, which Moses? The Moses that went in the cave or the Moses that went to Pharaoh? The Moses that we should look for is a man that has both missions wrapped up in one because the people that he will go to will be enslaved but it isn't that you have to cut off a chain it is that their minds have been all but totally destroyed you have to rebuild their minds you have to rebuild their morals you have to strengthen them and give them wisdom that's a heck of a job this people would be so destroyed under the power of a great and mighty king or ruler that they would be considered dead. The world has made several mistakes, particularly the theologians. I say theirs is a mistake because the theologians, many of them, sincerely want to find the answer to scripture. They thought that Jesus of 2,000 years ago was this one. And the Muslims think that Muhammad of Arabia 1,400 years ago is that one. Beloved Muslims and Christians, I must tell you that both of you are mistaken and even if it hurts your feelings you are both mistaken Jesus according to the Holy Quran in the 23rd surah and the 50th verse it says Jesus and his mother were a sign and we made the son of Mary and his mother a sign and we gave them refuge on a lofty ground having meadows and springs if Jesus and his mother were a sign, a sign is pointing towards something greater than itself, but it itself is not the thing. Therefore, Jesus said one would come after him. Muhammad came, but Muhammad also prophesied. 
that there would be one coming after him. Though the Muslims say it is the return of Jesus, it can't be the return of the man that died 2,000 years ago. Sorry about that, Muslims and Christians. You are a long way off in your spooked up misunderstanding of the scripture. And that's all right, you were supposed to be that way so that one could be raised from among the illiterates that would guide you into the knowledge that you have been stumbling over and seeking answers to. Dear beloved Christians and Muslims, Jesus said one was coming after him. He said, there are many things that I could tell you. You just can't bear it now. But when he, not me, he, he was not talking about himself. He was talking about someone other than himself. When he is come, the spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. That's heavy. So a man that could only lead you to a certain point and then heralds one who would take you all the way. He's telling you one is coming greater than me. You all don't want to believe this. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was made to say these words. Listen to me carefully now. Oh, I took it out of the place. But Allah will bless me to find it. Yes, just bear with me just a few minutes. I took my marker out of the place, but don't worry, I'll get it in a second or two. Excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry, it's in three. Uh, anyway, I don't want to waste the radio time because we only have 15 seconds, so if you want to get this tape called 9945775, we'll be right back to complete this subject. If you'd like to hear more, call that number, 9945775. Is the broadcast over? Okay, but I'm not. <laughs> just be patient with me, just a few minutes. It's not going to get away from me because I must recite this to you. <laughs> is, it, is it hot in here? I mean, good gracious. Here it is. I found it. Now, look. Yeah, it is hot. Y'all, I don't know whether this is a conspiracy. Y'all better turn this heat down. (laughs) 
Maybe it's me turning it up. <laughs> it won't be long. Just a few more minutes, all right? Y'all interested? Okay. Now, if Jesus pointed to someone coming after him, Muhammad, the holy prophet of Islam, was made to say these words. And when the angel said, O Mary, surely Allah gives thee good news with a word from him of one whose name is the Messiah, Jesus, son of Mary, worthy of regard in this world and the hereafter and of those who are drawn nigh to Allah. And he will speak to the people. Listen now. Jesus is already dead. That one, 2,000 years ago, remember, this is revealed 600 years after the death of Jesus. It's talking about the Messiah. Not talking in the past, talking in the future tense. Listen. And he will speak to the people when in the cradle and when of old age he will be one of the good ones. The Jesus that we read of in scripture lived no more than some say 33, some say 36 years. He was murdered at that time. He never spoke when in the cradle and he never grew to old age if we deal with it strictly on the face of it. Of course, there are deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper meanings to this. All right. She said, now if, listen to this, if this Messiah is going to come then Mary's answer to the angel has to be the words in a vision of a future woman who would be talking and she said my Lord how can I have a son and man has not yet touched me he said even so Allah creates what he pleases and when he decrees a matter he only says to it, be, and it is. Now this is future. Remember, Muhammad is speaking. Jesus, who came to the Jews, has been murdered 600 years ago. Now I know what some of the Christians are thinking. Well, he's alive, he's in heaven. Waiting to come back. I'll deal with that in a minute. And I want you to get rid of that kind of crazy thinking right today. Oh, I'm not making any mockery because you see, the way you believe has hampered you from making real progress in the world. You believe like little children. And white folks manipulate you because of your childish misunderstanding of the word of God. 
you are really like little babies. And they just twist you and take you anywhere they want you to go because you really don't know the truth. Listen. Now, after Mary says to God, how can I have a baby? No man has touched me. Say, well, even so, he discounts that. Don't worry, somebody will touch you. He don't say that. But that's understood. He say, even so, <laughs> you will be touched. Later on in the Quran, it says she was touched. And it says she was touched by a man. And that man was full with the Spirit of God. All right, let's move on. Now, the, the, the words go to the future tense again. Prophet Muhammad, living, born in 570, gets the revelation in 610, when he's 40 years old. Now he is talking into the future, talking about a man beyond himself. And he will teach him the book. God will teach him the book and the wisdom and the Torah and the gospel. Jesus brought the Torah. I mean, Moses brought the Torah. Jesus brought the gospel. But what is the book and the wisdom? Come on. If it mentions the Torah and the gospel, those are the only two books before Muhammad. So he mentions Torah and gospel. Then what is the book and what is the wisdom? The book is the Quran. And the wisdom is the real root meaning of the book. That's the real wisdom. What you got in the Quran is not the wisdom. You got the approach to the wisdom. You're not listening. Excuse me for getting excited. Now look, the Quran says, talk in future and make him a messenger to the children of Israel saying, I have come to you with a sign from your Lord that I determined for you out of dust, here's that dust again, the form of a bird, then I breathe into it and it becomes a bird with God's permission. And I heal the blind and the leprous, and I bring the dead to life with our last permission. And I inform you of what you should eat and what you should store in your houses. Surely there's a sign in this if you are believers. Jesus didn't teach the people how to eat. Did he? New Testament. What did Jesus tell you to eat? What did Jesus forbid you from eating? There's nothing that I have read in the gospel where Jesus breaks down foods for you. Moses told those white people what foods to eat. And the Jews who are orthodox, they stay real close to what Moses taught and they have a better health than their white brothers. They're not a drinking people, they just make whiskey for fools to drink. 
fun. Y'all all right? All of you that drink, you don't own no distillery. You're not Mr. Secret. You're not Johnny Walker. Maybe you are, but you're not that Johnny Walker. <laughs> Your head is bad and tight and messed up with alcohol made by Jews who have become super rich selling the world alcohol. Though the Jews themselves are not big drinkers. You hardly go downtown on Skid Row and find a derelict Jew. Even an Irishman, an Italian, a Polishman, but never hardly a Jew. Why aren't the Jews derelict? They know a little too much to be a bum. See, in order to be a bum here, you got to be a bum here first. And when a man has knowledge of himself, it's very difficult for him to go that far. Though sometimes we have done it. Shall we go on? Ain't gonna be long, but must be strong for these next few minutes. Only thing I can say that Jesus did that comes close to forbidden people. You Christians sitting around here eating up all the pork you can find. I want you to listen to me. Don't get angry now, please. Don't get angry. I know you got some on the stove now. And you, wait, wait, wait. Don't get angry. No, no. No, I don't want you to get mad with me. Please. And don't poke your lips out, because I cannot deal with your lips. I'm trying to deal with your head today. <laughs> Moses told them, man, don't eat that wine. Didn't he in Leviticus? He ran it. That's a divinely forbidden animal. You don't touch its flesh. You don't go near its carcass. It is forbidden. Why? You the people of God. You don't eat garbage. You don't eat fit. Well, everything is God created. It's all right. Oh, shut up, fool. Everything that God created is not edible. What's the matter with you? Now you mad with me, right? Because I messed with your dinner today, huh? I didn't mean to do that. It just came out that way. But since I have, I might as well go all the way. I, I, don't, I don't like to hurt your feelings. You know, I really don't. But I would much rather you uh, be a little hurt and then be helped. Jesus, when he cleansed this woman of all these devils, he cast the devils into the swine. And the swine ran off the cliff. You remember that in the scripture. So I know what you're going to tell. Well, you see in the New Testament, Paul. But is you a follower of Paul or you a follower of Jesus? 
And do you understand Paul? Or do you understand what Peter? Peter had this vision. And he seed in a vision, honey, a sheep coming down from heaven with all kind of meats on it. He should have run from that one when he started coming down. And Peter said, Peter was commanded, eat. Thank you, brother. <laughs> he was commanded, rise, Peter. Slay and eat. Peter said, but Lord, I have never eaten nothing unclean. And then God gave him an answer. That told him he didn't create anything like that. Now, is that God talking to him or Satan? We got to check out who gave the vision. Satan do some strange things too. God did create things unclean. Otherwise, he wouldn't send Moses to tell them not to eat these things for they are unclean to you. And then Jesus said he didn't come to change the law but to fulfill the law. Then what is Peter talking about? See, then you need to understand, Peter not double-crossing Moses and Jesus. And God is not double-crossing himself, sending down a bunch of raccoons, possums, snails, rats and whatnot, telling you eat. Yes, sir. And when you eat that pig, that's about what you eat. That nasty animal. Shameless hog, filthy, ugly beast. It's an ugly thing. Its characteristics are filthy. It's a sodomous creature. Yeah, a male hog will have sex with another male hog. Maybe you eat too much. Maybe you becoming like what you eat. The hog will eat its own young. And you're not far behind. Killing your children. Destroying your babies. Look at you. You're in bad shape. Oh yes. You need somebody to inform you of what to eat. Now this is the third surah of the Quran in arrangement. In the next chapter, it's called the food. Where Moses, where Muhammad, pardon me, it is revealed to him food to eat. That they can eat game, they can eat meat, they can do this, but they still stick to the to their prohibition on the prohibited food to swine. Is that right? You go in the Muslim world now, you see them with shrimps, Oysters, lobster, yes. Having a good time. See little children in the Islamic world smoking. I can't follow them. What about you, Muslims? How you gonna follow a world that has gone backwards? 
You can if you want to, that's your business. But I'm gonna tell you something in a minute. I hope you're listening to me. Oh Allah. It's really something. I'm, I'm just about finished. This Messiah that the whole world is looking for is not Muhammad and it's not Jesus. It's one that comes up after both of these men. He's a man, but he's given permission by God to do things that only God could do. Listen carefully. To take and determine out of dust the form of a bird and breathe into it and it becomes a bird by God's permission. That's God's work. But here's a man doing God's work. You didn't hear me. You did. Let me go on some more then. He said, and I healed the blind and the leprous and bring the dead to life. Allah says, I give life and I cause death. Allah says, I am he who gives life to the dead. He is a man that is giving life to the dead, but with whose permission? With Allah's permission. So Allah now is making a man to do only what God can do. Ah, you people, boy, you hard as hell to get to understand simple things. How could you turn your back on the honorable Elijah Muhammad? How could we have done such a thing? How could we reject him and curse him and speak evil of him after that man raised us from nothing? You run from your man and went backward in time saying you're going forward. I'm talking to you Muslim. Sunni, Orthodox, whatever you call yourself. You go back now and eat foods that he, Elijah Muhammad, commanded you not to eat because you disregarded him as a man of divine. And when you disregard him as a man of divine, you took all the teachings that Master Farad Muhammad gave us and threw it out the window and went back and grabbed up a book that you don't understand. Grabbed up a man that was dead 1400 years and those who were his companions are dead and even the, the those that you would listen to today they're deviating you had a good home and you you had a good home and you you're right isn't that what they say? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. say in the service? Yes, sir. You had a good home and you left. You're right. 
Dear beloved, I think I should end this. You know, beloved followers of seekers of truth, that's who you are. You are the seekers of truth. Let me say this, that the Messiah is styled in the scriptures as a lamb. And he's a man like Moses. He's seen getting victory over the beast. And he's on another shore singing the song of Moses. What song is that? God gave Moses victory over Pharaoh. God is to give the Messiah victory over the powers of the world. Muhammad can't sing the song of victory because the Muslim world is in disarray. It will take the Messiah to let Muhammad sing again. Muhammad cannot sing because the Muslim world has disgraced the prophet of God. Talk back to me. <laughs> Muhammad would go to war if he came back right at the Kaaba and kill 90% of the scholars. <laughs> and the kings of the Islamic nation, he would put them all to death. Muhammad will never sing again until the Messiah said it right. Then Muhammad and the Messiah can be together. It's true. It's true. It's painful. Now the most painful part of all is what I'm about to say. And a virgin shall conceive. Merry Christmas. Y'all getting ready, right? You bought your tree yet? I get finished with you if you do. You sure be a number one fool this year. You let a white man, listen, you let a white man lie to you about Jesus, and I know you love him. You don't love him no more than we love him. You call yourself a Christian, but we love the man. And we try to live the life that that man lived and taught us about. You only talk him, but you don't live him. For if you lived Jesus, you would be jammed up tight with me, standing with me against the machination of the Jews and the wickedness of the government of America. <laughs> Beloved, you are just what the Bible says. You draw nigh unto him with your lips, but your hearts are far removed from the man because once you are presented with the real Jesus, you got an uphill road and a struggle and you don't want no struggle. 
You just want to go to church on Sunday, sing a song or two, and pay a little money or two, and dress up in a fashion plate dress or two, and see who you can get one or two. you'll be in the pulpit and be preaching Jesus Christ. How can you have a house full of lesbians and ain't nobody trying to reform them and the preacher scared like hell to even speak on it unless you deprive him of some money in the collection plate. No, don't put that on Jesus. That's a good man. And the white man uses his good name to shield a dirty religion. The religion is filthy. Not that Jesus is. That's what I said about the Jews. They talk good, but they practice evil. That's a dirty religion they practice. And the Muslims are no better. They talk Muhammad and they practice a dirty religion. Pray and then get up from the prayer rug and go sell dope. Some of the biggest dope dealers in some cities are now Muslims. So-called. How you going to be a Muslim and export opium from your country? Whole governments of Islam involved in dope trade. Expose them. Hell yeah, I'm going to expose them. They're already exposed. You know, I appreciate this. I mean, I'm full of energy, it's the truth. And you know I'm fasting. And uh, a little different fast than some of you are fasting. I have not eaten in six days. And no, not just Ramadan but I have not eaten at all. And I feel stronger today than I felt last week this time. May go through the whole month like this. I don't know. Depend on how I feel. So don't you think you can't do I'm not doing nothing you can't do. Do anything of good that you want to do. I told you to come out here every week and look at your brother. You don't do it, just look at me and go home. And if I look better today than I looked last Sunday, then you better check it out. Because the food is the key to your long life or your death. 
Just bear with me a few more minutes. I'm about to end this. This Messiah is born of a virgin. Yes, it's dealing with a singular woman. No virgin can conceive. After she conceived, she's not a virgin. If she's still a virgin, she hasn't conceived. Well, you know there's such a thing as artificial insemination. But she still ain't no virgin yet. She's been touched by a man. That sperm was not from a bank. That was from a man. So you can't get away from a man. If you want to have a baby, you got to come near us. Is that right? So why, sister, you going to try to live without us? Even though we messed up. And you wish you could, but you just can't. God just fixed it that way. So help us to make better men. I'm going to get off that subject. Here's the virgin. The virgin actually is symbolic of a people. Remember when I said Mary and his mother? I mean, Mary and uh, Jesus and his mother a sign? A sign of what? You remember what I said Wednesday night? That Jesus had brothers? In the book of Mark, he had brothers, six of them. Is that right? Mary only had one. How did he have brothers? Because Joseph had other children. Notice what Paul said. He's the seed of David according to the flesh, but declared to be the son of God according to the spirit of holiness. So what made him the son of God had nothing to do with his flesh body. It had everything to do with his mind and the wisdom that he taught. Do you understand? Because only God can give you that kind of wisdom. It does not come from your mother. That kind of spirit, it does not come from your father. That's a gift only from God. So your mother can't claim you. Mothers don't claim prophets. Fathers don't say I made him. Because my mother and your mother, when you get into the divine, your mother can't claim you. She did the best she could to give you the food, whether it's divine or non-divine. But it is only God that can touch your heart and make you believe and then act on the principles of that belief. So in that sense, all who are divine are fathered of God in the divine sense. But here is the mystery. The mystery is that you and I are a virgin people. That's 
as a virgin is a woman that has not known a man. Any people who have not had an intercourse with God cannot bring up new life from themselves. Like Mary's father kept anybody away from us that could impregnate us with a new idea different from the idea of the slave master. He was like a father guarding a daughter that's pretty and don't want nobody to get to his daughter, so he stops them at the border where we coming to see. And if they came from Africa, he said, Don't go among those savages. They will hurt you. Stay away from them. So he tried to keep us away from our African brothers and sisters and them away from us. Anybody that has knowledge, how many of them come from Africa and the Middle East and try to teach you? Even when Brother Ahmed Dijad came, he don't come to no black people. With all that he knows, he don't come to impart it to you. The Indians keep him among their own kind and try to get him to talk to white people. They ain't got no respect or love for you. You a virgin. And every time one of us went away and had a relationship and came back pregnant with a new idea, he saw it immediately. Marcus Garvey went away to England and met with Deuce Muhammad. Notice the name, Muhammad. And got fired up and came back to Jamaica and began his quest for the black man. All of a sudden, he had a new idea. And because he was pregnant with a new idea, we don't want him to make the rest of us pregnant, so we isolated. But they were not watching. He came up out of Jamaica and slipped into America looking for Booker T. Washington. And when he got the appointment, Booker T. I think had died. So the Honorable Marcus Garvey began to preach, and when white folks looked around, he had nearly five million people under his banner and they were frightened because that's not their nigga. That's not the nigga that I made. Listen to me. When you're in the South and an uppity nigga drive in with a fine car in a Southern rural town, white folks will come out and say, what you doing here? What you doing here? You be careful what you say to our niggas. Notice the possessive pronoun. Our niggas. But that's all we've been. Is their niggas. They're niggas and they're black people. They own you, nigga. That's why you wear their name. You Mr. Johnson? Alright. Jones and Walker? And Round Tree? And Bulletproof? Sadie Hawk 
That's not your name. And white folks' names. Why he give you his name? He own you. And he acts like he own you. Go to work for him, he looks at you. Yes, I think I'll hire you. He don't want your husband. He don't want your brother. He wants you. You get all the skills and you're so dignified. And he start telling a little dirty joke. And you Then all of a sudden his hand is someplace where it ought not to be. And you stop. Mr. Stop that, Mr. Savitsky. But you don't want to talk too tough because Mr. Savitsky may fire you and you need that job because your husband is home in the bed waiting for you to bring the money home to him. Damn shame, man. And don't act to me like you so damn innocent. Because we know what is going on. And you know I'm telling it right. That's why, brother. Look here, brothers. We are not no real men until we can take our women out from the workplace of white people and provide them their own workplace where they can live in a secure environment and work to build a nation of their own. But that's not their fault, that is our fault. Time, time, men don't want nothing but to shoot a little crap. Play the number. Play the lottery. Chase down a woman. But you don't want to build. You're in a cave. And you're nasty as hell. In a cave. And just like them crackers were on their all fours, you not on your all fours, you hugging the earth like a reptile. You like a snake of the crafted type. And as them white people needed somebody to lift them up, don't you tell me you don't need nobody. With all your degrees, you're not lifted up. A degree freak. A PhD sissy. A chemical engineer. And somebody making a bridge out of you. Ain't nobody lifted you up, black man. No, Nobody cared, brother, until Master Farad Muhammad came to North America by him. He came without observation. Just like the book say, see a Holy Ghost came unto her. A Holy Ghost 
Now you know ghosts don't go around making women pregnant. When last you were made pregnant by a ghost? Talk to me. Anybody in here been pregnant by a ghost? I'll give you $10,000 out of my brother's best pocket. Ain't no ghost got you? Ain't nothing got Mary either. You know what the book is talking about? He came without observation like a thief in the night. He's coming to raise up a people. Wonderful. Oh, praise is due to our love. He comes without observation. He slips into North America alone. Look at it now. In the night, the Holy Ghost comes. Ghost is an apparition. You see the outline of a thing that you can't make out what it is. And many people saw Master Farad Muhammad, but they didn't know who he was. Didn't know nothing about him. He was an apparition to them. He was a ghost. He was a holy man coming in the night of our ignorance. In the darkness of our ignorance. And the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light upon them Have the light shine. But the scripture also says that the light shined in the darkness, but the darkness comprehended it not. We didn't know who he was. We didn't know what his purpose was. But just like Joseph came unto Mary, under a storm and under a darkness, and stayed with her three days, and because of his presence, she became pregnant with a child that was to be a prophet of Almighty God Allah. Likewise, he was a sign. This is why he's not charged. Joseph is not charged with fornication. He's not charged with adultery. Because he was to serve as a sign of something in the last days where here would be a people out of the wedlock of unity. Out of the, the house of their own God. Enslaved in a strange house and all but married to a foster father or guided or governed by a foster father. White people. They ain't your real father. Giving you names like they're your father. So my name was Walcott. Can you imagine that? A walk. And a cop. You put them together, it's Jersey Joe. Walcott. A round trip. Mr. Green. Mr. Bush. Ease. Crackers, naming us after names of creatures and not the creator when we are the first of the creator's creatures. You mad with me? No, sir. Even if you are, I don't care. You're only mad with me because I'm telling you something that shakes your mind. Sorry about that. You don't come here unless you want your mind shaking. But it's not shaking for evil, it's shaking for good. 
Because all you got to do is think about what I'm saying and just reason. Don't let pride get in the way. Just reason where you know it's right. That man literally thinks he owns us. And he acts like our foster parents. If I stand up and speak strong, he says, who is he? I didn't sanction him. So he tried to get you not to listen to me. Just like your father would do if you were keeping up bad company. This white man is something. That's his attitude. He treats Michael Jordan. I mean, he's a great star, isn't he? But he's also a piece of property. He's a rich man, but he's a piece of property. Walter Payton, sweetness, sweet piece of property. And that's the way they look at him in the front office. When he break his leg and can't play ball no more, sweetness is gone. Because that ain't a marriage till death us do part. That's just as long as you can serve me, you can be sweetness to me. You understand me, don't you? Okay. Now, brothers, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad met this man, Farad Muhammad, and Master Farad Muhammad taught him for three years and four months, night and day. Then Master Farad Muhammad, a man, goes away. We don't see him anymore. That's 53 years ago. Soon will be. We haven't seen him since. He left a man in our midst, Elijah Muhammad. You may not like him. You may not think much about him. But here's the answer to him right here. And he will teach him the book and the wisdom and the Torah, and the gospel. See, I have never been taught in no school of theology. I want you to listen to me good now. No preacher teaches me. No teacher on earth teaches me. Did you hear me? I'm going to say it again. I don't have an earthly teacher. Where do I get it from? I got it from that man, Elijah Muhammad, and what Allah gives me of understanding. Now look, my teacher was taught the Torah and the Gospel, and God gave him this book, the Quran, and taught him the wisdom of it. You said. Elijah Muhammad ran out of wisdom because he kept repeating himself. You number one donkey. <laughs> Elijah Muhammad was a teacher. And repetition is the way you teach a people who are hard to learn. And it's not that he did not know what more to teach you it would have been foolish for him to put more on you when you were not even accepting what he had already given. <laughs> so he said, there are many things I could tell you. 
Go ahead. And you can't bet now, but I'm going to send my son behind me. And it won't be him. It'll be me revealing it to you through him. So he won't be greater than I. He'll be my servant. And that's why he will come in my name. And he will speak unto you all that he's commanded. And he will reprove the world of sin and the world of judgment. He kicks both worlds. And that's what I'm doing. No, 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 no. Let's go on. Let me at the end now. I'm fired up now, brother. Look, man. Elijah Muhammad determined out of dust the form of a bird. It don't mean a literal bird. Birds fly above things. Is that right? Birds defy gravity and get up and fly away. Here's a man that's going to act with the power of God. But whatever he does, he's going to do it with God's permission. He's going to take a people that have been reduced to dust and fashion you in such a way that you will look like a bird that he will breathe into you and you will fly away. You sing the song in church, fly, fly away. One day I'm just going to take all my wings and do what? Fly. Fly away, now you know. Ain't no wings growing on our shoulder blades. And we gonna just one day, instead of growing hair and teeth, with some of us knees. <laughs> anyway. Any resemblance any person living or dead is purely coincidental. <laughs> oh, brothers and sisters, teaching is such a wonderful chore. I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> Boy, this is better to me than eating a meal. <laughs> now I'm going to close this thing. Beloved, look. Fly, fly away means that you're going to take on knowledge. You will be made into a vessel that would receive knowledge. Remember what Jesus said? He said, you can't put new wine in an old bottle. Let the bottle bust and the wine fall out. Why, you got to make a new vessel. See, you got to be made new. Then a new knowledge is poured into you. Breathe into you. That's the spirit of God, inspiration, wisdom of God coming into you. You're able to handle it. And you flap your wings. And you fly up and defy gravity. You defy the grave. You defy the power of the turning of the white man's world. You fly on up out of it and look back down on it. You're in the world, but you're not of it. That's beautiful, isn't it? But that's only God can do that. But here's a man doing it by God's permission. Look now, and he healed the blind. How many of us were like the scripture? We had eyes, but we saw not. 
had ears, but we didn't hear. We had a tongue, but we couldn't speak. And we were on a dead level. We meet the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and his word, and our eyes come open. Every time you come here, if you listen to what you are hearing from his students, you go out that door and the world looks different. When you go out here, you can't sleep at night. You stay up half the night talking to each other. You never had such conversation. Why? Life was getting dull. Turn over and snore. Wake up, now you can't sleep. You got something to talk about that's got a new thought germinating in your mind. You feel alive, you go to your job the next day, you sit down at your desk, you ain't Sadie Hawkins no more. Old singing, playing thing for white folk to laugh at. You get serious and then they ask you what's wrong with you. What happened, Sadie? You look strange today. I am strange. But yesterday I met an angel who was strange. And I entertained him and you can see I got entertained. I'm a different man, I'm a different woman. And you're starting to become different people by Allah's permission. He heals the blind and the leprous. Leprosy is a disease that actually turns your skin white. Well, you had it. Only yours was not skin, it was mine. Didn't we have it? When you meet the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, a change takes place. But look at this. And I inform you of what you should eat, what you should store in your house. Did the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teach us how to eat? What does your scripture say about that Jesus? He came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. You don't know that Jesus. Because you died too young to know that Jesus. You die of every kind of ailment because you don't know that Jesus. Can't die of rheumatism and diabetes and know the Jesus. Elijah Muhammad taught us how to eat to live. And we as Muslims, I hear some of the old Muslims here, it got so that we never saw a funeral. Sometimes we got so to think, we didn't think Muslims died. Because we very rarely had a funeral, brothers. Every week in the church, you dragging somebody out. Oh, I know why you don't have funeral. You got a lot of young people. Young people died. God wants to extend your life, brothers, sisters. He wants to extend your life. And you cannot extend your life except that you know what to put in your mouth as food. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. And it's going to sound crazy to you. I know you're going to call me nuts, but here we go. Why do you think Methuselah lived to 969 years? How did he do? Or was that a lie? 
Noah lived over 900. And you kept reading, and he begat. And so and so begat. And he begat. And there was lots of begetting going on. And Noah was doing plenty of begetting, brother. The man, man was 900 and still begetting. Now I got to find out how Noah was begetting and doing all this begetting and whatnot. At 900? And he wasn't marrying no teenagers? So extending your life, sisters, doesn't just mean extending your physical life. It means extending your lifetime in the ability to produce life on the earth. You died too young. But you don't care. Because you don't really want no more babies anyway. I better get off that one for now. One of these days soon, I'm going to teach a subject that's so revolutionary. I'm going to teach you how to bring birth into the world to a God from the womb. Now that's so anti-Islam. Oh, be quiet. What are you talking about? You are born into the world to master this. We can't do it. In our lifetime, it's not going to happen. We are so messed up up here, brothers. If we just learn to live to be 100, I mean, or 110 or 20 or 80 or 90, I mean, if God can just stretch our life out a little beyond where we're headed now, that's a blessing. But your children and your grandchildren, they'll come from the womb born to excel and it can be done is a science to it and I'd like to share with you what has come to me as a result of the teaching of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and after I teach you you go get all the scientists you know and I sit every last one of them down they will not be able to condemn what I say now look brother I'm not just talking. You continue to come. I don't know when I'll get the spirit to get into that subject. Maybe soon. But look, brothers and sisters. Here's a man that taught us to eat. And he said to me before he departed, he said, brother, he said, I want you to master one meal a day. And when you've mastered that, I want you to eat every other day. And when you master that, I want you to eat twice a week and stay there for the rest of your life. Then he said, I want you to live a long time that you may help me with the resurrection of my people. And I have not done it. But by the help of Allah, by 1987, sometime in that year, Brother Farrakhan will be eaten twice a week. And I will show you that you don't die from not eating. 
you die from eating too much of the wrong kind of food. Your colon right now is filled with approximately 16 pounds of filth that is killing you that you never get out of your system. I ain't going to fuck that. Now I'm saying this to the Muslims who followed the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. When you ain't the way he talked, you look better, we felt better, we live longer. Look at the funerals of Muslims in the last 10 years. Listen, Muslims, I want you to think. We bury a lot of wonderful Muslims. What did they die from? Some of them died from diabetes. A lot of them died from cancer. Some dying from AIDS. AIDS. Some ODs. What happened to you? See, you take Elijah Muhammad and treat him as though he's nobody. Because there was an aspect of his life that you yet don't understand. You listening? Turn your back on him and then throw out what he taught. Elijah Muhammad taught us, don't Eat shrimp. Don't eat lobster. Don't eat crab. Don't eat oyster. Is that right? Don't eat mussels, snails, catfish. And don't eat any fish that is over 50 pounds and doesn't have fins and scales. Moses didn't teach that. Jesus didn't teach that. And Prophet Muhammad didn't teach it. But Elijah Muhammad did. Now why are you going to condemn him? Say he wasn't no messenger, he wasn't no what? Where did he get it from? Ah! Boy, I could strangle us. Just tear your throat out. Because you're so damn wicked and hateful of yourself. You don't really believe in God, though. You just a racial misfit nigga. That's you. God could do all these wonderful things for all these cats that you don't know a damn thing about. You don't know nothing about Jesus. You never met him. All you know is what you read in the Bible and that's a white man's translation and version of the word of God. The same white man that brought your father into slavery and made a fool out of you. You're going to tell me how Moses did, how Abraham did, and how Lot did. Bless your dumb heart. 
But when somebody tells you that God gave you a man, you say, God, I ain't dressing no niggas. What, what divine nigga? That's why he could come unto his own. And his own received him not. That's why the light could shine in the darkness. And the darkness comprehended not. It's you, man. It's you in the deep recesses of your mind. You don't believe that God cares a damn about black people. None of you. Or if there's one or two of you, you still got to work on yourself. You hate yourself. You talk black, but underneath all that talk, you are filled with hatred of yourself. You don't think nothing of anything black. All we can do is dance and sing. You'll spend your money to go see a nigga sing because that's all you know about us. But when somebody come from your people with wisdom, you say, oh, where that nigga get that from? But let what's that boy named down in Baton Rouge? Let Jimmy Swagger talk to you on Sunday. You glued to your television set, getting in your pocketbook. Let all Roberts talk to you. Let Billy Graham talk to you. These are children theologically, brother. But they know more about God because they're white. The Arabs know more about God because the rulers of Mecca are white. But can no black man tell you nothing because what the niggas know. So every one of us that walked out on Elijah Muhammad teaching them how to eat to live, look how you suffering. Go home and look at yourself in the mirror, fat, sloppy. Ugly as hell in your face. You might as well be eating a pig because you think like it. Look at you. Muslims dying of cancer. How did you get cancer? When Malcolm was assassinated, the doctors that worked on Malcolm had to open Malcolm up. And one doctor said he had the cleanest insides of any man that he had ever seen. How did Malcolm have the cleanest insides of any man? He is a doctor that had been in surgery for years. But he never saw a man with insides cleaner than Malcolm. Where did Malcolm learn how to keep clean? I know him. I was with him. And he ate one meal a day. He never ate in between meals. I never saw him put so much as a peppermint in his mouth uh, or chew a, a, a little piece of gum. He got up in the morning and took his coffee and his juice. And all day long, he would not eat until the sun went down and he sat down and he ate his bean soup and his salad and his meal with a quart of milk. And then went on till the next day and would fast 
three days out of the month. And he had clean insides. What would your insides be like? Malcolm left us in 1965. That's 21 years ago. Look how the earth has degenerated in 21 years. You can't eat like they ate back 1400 years ago because there's too much poison in the world today. You gotta have somebody to teach you how to eat today. And the Messiah was among you. And you rejected him. The preachers fought him just like they did to Jesus 2,000 years ago. The government opposed him, but before he left, Everyone was bowing in honor, but he was making a transition. And now we got a chance to do it again. So in my conclusion, those two parables, the Jews and the Christians can say to us, we are mightier in wealth and followers than you. And I say, yeah, but Allah is my Lord. And suppose he bring a, a pestilence on you and turn your wonderful vineyard into dust. Allah does what he pleases. And like Job, I'm going to wait on God until my change comes. And now I look around and I see the mighty America. This modern pharaoh. I look at Reagan spinning like a top. Confused because the script writers can't write a script fast enough to answer the questions that are coming up and he looks like a befuddled old man. Look at your pharaoh. How God is bringing him down in front of your eyes and a government run into him and he looks at him in their eye and says I didn't know yes, a man been to acting school like that yes, you don't take his word you look yes, I made a mistake no chump that was an error along with many others you made and your predecessors and now it is caught up with you. So you had many more followers, huh? How come you dropped in the polls 20 points? Just on one revelation of your foolishness, suppose the book was opened on you. I say to you Muslims, Go back and pick up how to eat to live. I say to you, look at the Muslims that are dying of cancer and they're dying because their systems were clean. And then they started eating shrimp and lobster because they were told it was all right. That the messenger didn't know what he was talking about. But go get the bones of the dead and ask them if they could come back, they would say, woe is me, 
Would that I had obeyed the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the Messiah. And that's why I don't call him messenger anymore. Messenger was the title that he had when he first came among us because he gave us a message. I use the term Messiah because joy to the black man. The Lord is come. Let this tide black earth receive her king. Hark, the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Silent night, yeah, shut up. You ain't got nothing more to say. Cause it's a holy night. Christ the savior is born. Born for who? Born for you. The despised, the rejected, the wretched of the earth. The Messiah is come unto you and he's not blonde head and blue eyes. He's a black man with woolly hair. And I am his servant. And if you look at the work that I do in his name, because I can't do nothing outside of his name, I do that which he did. And you are feeling the effect of the work of the Messiah. Well, where is he? We'll go into that at another time. Yeah, you're in a good position if you only would know it. So you don't have to look to the sky looking for a man that lived 2,000 years ago because a flesh and blood body can't remain off the earth living in the sky for 2,000 years waiting to come back. That's madness. That Jesus is gone. But the one that he prophesied of is here. May Allah bless you. You need a Moses that will lift you up out of the caves and put a board in your back and give you wisdom and stand you up that you can go on like white folk did from the caves to conquer the world. Your destiny is to be the cornerstone of the kingdom of God. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our sight. It's your move now. We made ours today. Your move. And if I were you, I would recognize that that man is telling the truth, and I would unite and clean myself up and try to lengthen the days of my life because when the dust is thrown in my face, I'll be gone a long time. So I might as well stay here as long as I can. And I can't do that unless I learn how to eat to live and then let my thoughts be compatible with good food. May Allah bless you. Thank you for listening. Assalamu alaikum.